podcast growling, mean and angry, hear that local shouting, it's Daynerin, Dave Ninimitz, it's Daynerin, Dave Ninimitz. All right, welcome to the latest edition to hear that podcast growling, following Ninimitz of The Athletic, excited to be with you, it's February, the Super Bowl is this weekend, so people are thinking about the NFL. It's it's the big moment. They had 23,000 people at media night because that's how <laughs> strong the NFL is. It's unbelievable yeah. where we're at. Yeah, are you are you sad or happy you're not there? I'm happy. <laughs> uh I'm happy. I think that um Super Bowl week is uh people will find out wildly overrated from our perspective. Really I would say from almost all perspectives. It's just a yeah. lot of people there. And a lot of making something out of nothing. You know, you get Radio Row where people go through and uh, you get, oh, here's this guy. Here's, I mean, the year where it was like, here's Larry the Cable Guy. And then, and here's, uh, you know, here's a random linebacker from the Packers. And now here's. And then you get a star player, but he's going to spend half time pitching Nugenics or something. Yeah. And then it's like, and here's, you know, Andre Agassi. (laughs) <laughs> and you just you just never you never know what exactly is going on. But you know, forever. I mean, there was rarely Bengals. It would be like you would wait, have to wait around all day. I remember many times it would usually be AJ Green for years there. He'd be the only one Bengal that you would see there, Dalton occasionally. But it would be like you'd wait around at Radio Row all day trying to get five minutes in between sessions for AJ Green. Uh, and that's like your day half yeah. the time, you know, when you're not, there's other stuff going on and it's just, there's just a lot about the Super Bowl That is the thing that as you <laughs> get older, you just don't like, right? Like it's just yeah. crowds, people, things being harder than they have to be glitz, glamour show, right? Like it's, you're, that you're probably relieved when it's the three hours of game, aren't you? When you're finally just watching a game. You have to get there insanely early to the stadium because of all the stuff that goes along with it. So you're just there for like six hours sitting around waiting for the game. There's just it's just a lot where, you know what, it's just easier if we just don't have to do that, Uh, which is the nice part (laughs) of being at the athletic now where you've got um, we have we have a ton of people there. Yeah. Boots on the ground is not an issue <laughs> for us there. And so there's plenty of people covering the Super Bowl and bring all that stuff. And we can still focus on what's happening at home with the Bengals, which isn't a ton right now. Um, we're in that part of the year. I mean, Senior Bowl was last week. Pro Bowl happened this weekend. Jamar Chase um, was mic'd up. Apparently tried to unite with CJ Stroud in people's eyes. <laughs> and had to like go back on that. It's like that was a thing for a hot minute. Um how are you There's, feeling about the current state of the Pro Bowl? Do you like the, what they're doing with it? Yes. This is better than the former state of the Pro yeah. Bowl that was just, hey, let's make everyone here do something they don't want to do. Yeah. You know, and force this game upon that. No, that is totally fictional and dumb. Embrace what it is. And I think I think it's fun. The players have embraced the yeah. other stuff. It's fun to watch these guys do other stuff and go play flag. Yes. Play flag. That's totally yeah. fine. Like, I don't think anybody has a problem with that. And you can still get enjoyment out of them being out there and nobody's risking anything. I like the skill stuff. But see, yes. I, I used to love when they used to do superstars and stuff. And mm-hmm. the the NFL quarterbacks club competition used to be great with the distance throw and all the targets and everything. Like, the more of that, the better. I think it's yes. fun. Nobody gets hurt. Uh, I, I hear people say, just cancel the pro. Well, it's not hurting anyone. I mean, it's just fun. And it's, right. and it's a reward for the players, you know, yeah. to get a chance to go down there. They hang out with their buddies. They get a trip to beautiful Orlando, <laughs> Florida, and can be down there and good for them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. cool. No problem with it. Whereas before, everyone had a problem. Like, no one thought it was working. And now at least some people think it's working. And I'm good with that. Like, I'm, I, <laughs> we don't have to make – everything doesn't have to be solved and perfect. Um you know, unless we're talking about things like the onside kick and kickoffs and stuff like that, which we <laughs> will get into, obviously, is they're going to be looking for ways to fix that. But uh, I mentioned Senior Bowl being last week, uh, Duke Tobin down there and and spoke to uh, Jeff Hobson, Kelsey Conway from The Inquirer. 
Um, and so there's a little bit happening there. I want to get into a little bit, you know, we've, we've kind of gone, we last week when we did the mock off season, we went through the Higgins discussion a little bit with, with James Rapine and, and with Mo Egger and of yeah. course Mo's coming on again today. And so I want people to go back and listen to that. We, we did talk about that a little bit, but there's another, another couple elements to this. We can discuss Duke again, referencing pie. It's pie season. Yeah. It, where we always get hungry and we debate our favorite types of pie. But, uh, you know, the point being that there's only so much to go around. Yeah. And uh, that is a standard line. I don't think that should strike fear in anyone that Duke likes to use. Um, and so we'll, we'll, I'll get into that with Mo a little bit more, kind of an, another, a, a different angle that we kind of didn't necessarily touch on last week with the Higgins conversation there. Um, I want to bring up, a lot of people, Senior Bowl gets a lot of people draft talking here. And so mm-hmm. there's a lot of people, what about this guy, that guy? I like that guy. People are getting their guys. I got yeah. my guy. <laughs> I like this guy. This is my my, my guy. I'm a crush, right? I'm feeling it. <laughs> and so that's and that's cool. Like this, what this is. This is that time. Everybody's getting it. We that's that's great. I I've seen some and, and have some thoughts, but I will just say. Remember this when we start talking about this time. I always say everything draft is really damn near fictional until free agency ends. So I mean, yeah. the same concept with mock drafts as there is with kind of discussion of players. Until until needs start to form and evaluations take the next step, we get through the combine. Um, and, and really the coaches really get involved um, in all those conversations, you're, you're just you're not able to really get all the way there. I want to go case in point on something. Daniel Jeremiah put out his top fifty last week, and Daniel's is I'm using him because he's top of the game. Okay, yeah. I mean like this is yeah, this is great. the guy. Um, he's he's on it. You look at his stuff, um, and consistently he's as good as it gets. You know, his first top fifty. I want to go back to last year his first top 50 and specifically when you get past the top 10, like everybody can pick it. Like we, everybody has televisions and stable internet connections. You know, the top 10 ish, you know, the dudes, right? Mm-hmm. Like people can put AA blue chip grades. Everybody can do that. And and the combine mostly won't matter for those people. Right. When you start getting into the Bengals range, picking at 18, you just get wild variety. And and it changes as different opinions really get into view and different factors get uncovered, more evaluation and research is done, and, and, and you get to there. Last year, picks 15 through 23 for DJ. Um, this is this is picks 15 through 23 in the draft, and I'm gonna give you DJ's original January top 50 ranking on them. 15 was Will McDonald, he was originally 29th. 16 was Emmanuel Forbes. He was originally 21. 17 was Christian Gonzalez. He was originally 20. Hey, claps DJ, right? Like (laughs) good stuff there. Yeah. Then 18 was Jack Campbell. He was not in the top 50 originally. Kalijah Kansi at 19, not originally in DJ's top 50. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigbo was 31. Quentin Johnston was 34. Zay Flowers was 41. Jordan Addison went 23rd. He was 10th. You get wild variety. One, you know, you start getting out of especially what do we hear every year, Dave? Well, there's like 15 first round picks. There's 17 first round picks in this draft. You start getting into this area and it just starts to get really murky, even from the best of the best. So I want people to keep that in mind when you start seeing mock drafts, when you see top 50s, when you see things, the people that could be in play where this thing eventually lands um, might not even be on the best of the best top 50 right now. Yeah. You know, it, it can change. And Cansey was one of those combine yeah. wonders that yeah, changes yeah. things. And Campbell the same way. You can this That can change things. And a lot of things do. Pro days, all that stuff. So I just... I want to emphasize that and use that as an example because I, I people get really caught up because you're excited about the possibilities and who could be there and who wouldn't. Um, and, and all that's important. Look more at trends, look, look more at needs, look more at free agency. And then let's talk. Let, then we'll have a little convo after <laughs> that. 
And we can really, I think you can start pinpointing more specifically where the debates will land. I will say this, what I wrote about originally still stands and DJ cements it six offensive tackles. He had between 11 and 18. Hmm. These guys, I mean, there's just a lot of them. They're all in that Bengals range, man. It does seem to hit the Bengals yeah. right where they, right where they, they need it this year. If you're, if you're thinking about that as a direction yeah. to go for the future, um, I think another factor here is you're going to have the teams that fall in love with a guy that are going to stretch and take a guy earlier than anyone else would. Not so much because they popped up in the combine, but it's just a guy they're locked in on. I think of Jameer Gibbs. Like everybody kind of raised an eyebrow when Detroit took Jameer Gibbs. I can't remember what was that, 10th. It was like Mm -hmm. it was high. And I remember one of our early mocks that you did last year. It was you or Jay had Jameer Gibbs going to the Bengals in round two. So yeah. like well, that's where see, he was. I mean, right, right, right. DJ DJ had Jameer Gibbs in the 30s last year, 30s or 40s at this point. And, yeah. and you know, and he went higher than anybody anticipated. I mean, we right. know he was on the Bengals radar, but not all the way up there. No, uh, but then the they domino- thought maybe he'd slip, maybe he'd find some way to slip to them yeah. uh in the 20s. But then the domino effect happens because once that happens. Another guy has just bumped down. Then other teams are like, well, that guy's still available. It, yeah, it. there's, I mean, inherently mock drafts are silly because we're all just guessing and nobody really goes back to like grade you on it and see how horribly off you are. But yeah, it's crazy when you look at like you've got the not availables on this list. And like, yeah, at this time of year, nobody was talking about Kalaja Kansi. And by the time the draft rolled around, he was the second coming of Aaron Donald. Yeah. Like, it it shifts that much. So Yeah, and that's great. Like yeah. That's cool. That's what makes draft season what it is. That's what makes the next few months as it all evolves. And you're getting the first whiffs of that now. You know, like so yeah. there's I, I start talking to to scouts and agents and you start getting this the beginning of the groundswell, right? Of like mm-hmm. Yeah, he looks great, but let me tell you about something. <laughs> you know, and it's it's that yeah. season. It's like, well, what they don't know is eventually everyone will know. Yeah. But only no, right now nobody, you nobody <laughs> went to Bo Callahan's birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You're yeah. almost there. We're all yeah. we're almost to that point. Uh so anyway, I guess not as much news as a bit of a disclaimer. Uh, on a lot of this stuff going on, going on right now. And I, I think I think for the next month, and, and we'll, again, we're going to get in the draft, but like really the whole, the free agency world being super fascinating for the Bengals this year, I, I think that's where all attention should really be with what this team is trying to come. And that's where so much of their attention is. I mean, they're right now starting to get into the meetings of weighing all this thing together. And I'm sure that, Duke and Zach Taylor and and Katie and Mike are all sitting around my Bengals mock offseason worksheet right now, <laughs> plugging it in and doing the math and 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 do, trying to fit. That's where they're at. I mean, they're while we all jumped right into there the day after the season ended, they had a bunch of other stuff, and they're still meeting on all of that. They need to come up with their, their consensus. They need to talk all the way through things. I mean, you read the story I had last week with the scouts. I mean. Those guys have thoughts and opinions. They've had meetings with coaches, but they haven't all sat together and come together with what they know, what it looks like, and and tried to figure it all out, rank the free agents. I mean, they, they've still got to get all of that stuff pinned down, and there's still a long way to go till we even get to Indianapolis. Yeah, um, they got to get the Dr. Jerry Jones drugstore list. Hasn't even showed up in the mail yet. <laughs> yep, it's not been mailed out. So no, there's no doubt that's a mailer. There's what no a, doubt. What a long ways we've come from that, by the way. So happy that we have. So, <laughs> uh, in fact, uh, now uh, Mo Egger is going to join us here right now, and, and that's a good place to start. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Did you get the, the Jerry Jones drugstore list? 
back in the day? <laughs> I did. Yeah. A little yellow pamphlet uh-huh. uh, was sort of like if if your parents had money, you could get the Mel Kuyper book. Mm-hmm. If your parents didn't have money, you somehow begged them to buy the draft guide issued by this Marymount pharmacist. <laughs> <laughs> who for some reason would pop up on everybody's radio show yeah. and then disappear entirely. Also, he had the same name as the owner of the Cowboys, which, uh, you know, was always interesting. But yes, I was a big drugstore list guy. Yeah, I I love that. I like, I like the idea that people would just stop into his pharmacy just to talk draft and get a copy. You know, like this was big business for this dude. Congratulations. Like, way to pull something out of nothing. Well, and I, I remember... This is uh, you know, going back many, 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 many years, but like listening to a show, it, it might have been hosted by Chris Collinsworth. I, I don't know, but it was Jerry Jones is going to join us, author of the drugstore list. And I'm like, OK, cool. Uh, he's a pharmacist in Marymount. OK. <laughs> and that was it. And, and it. yet and yet we we hung on to every word. And I, I bought that bad boy a bunch of times. Absolutely. I would like to do, I just did a whole thing where I went back to DJs, um, who, who I, I prefaced it. He's the best. And that's why I'm picking him. I went to DJ's top 50 from this time last year. And there are guys that were picked at 18, 19, that weren't even in his top 50 that rose up later. And there's just, and it's all over the map. Like it's just so hard. I would love to go back and, and, and take a peek at some of the old drugstore lists. How accurate. What do should we pull out some receipts? Do it Brad Holmes style on uh on the drugstore list? You know, I, I don't have any of my old drugstore lists, but I, I'm sure I'm sure somebody out there has they them be floating around. They gotta be floating. If you are listening to this, yeah, and you are a proud owner of the like 1984 Marymount drugstore list, yeah, uh, then we want to know it. Take a picture, send it to us. We want to we want to pull some receipts out and see how but he like, how accurate this guy, it was. He was like like Mel Kuyper sort of invented this whole you know generation, this whole business, this whole this whole like industry, industry of yeah. of draft Knicks, draft experts, and that you see them for like six weeks out of the year, and then they disappear entirely. Like he he birthed that, but then there also had to be some others, and I think on a local level. Jerry Jones was the guy. I mean, yes. he was locally, he was the guy. And and I'm not I'm not really sure why we decided he was the guy, other than he made the drugstore list. Yeah. And uh it doesn't matter how people decide you're the guy. Just some right. point people decide you're the guy, and then you're sitting there like, I guess I'm the guy now. Good for him. Good, Good for, for him, man. Yes. Absolutely. Um, Rest in peace, Jerry. Yes. <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to say start here. Um it's, this is a conversation that we had last week, so I, I was kind of tempted to not go down this road. But there's a little bit of a new aspect that I want to kind of spin on this as a, as a question. We, we, we talked, obviously, about the T. Higgins decision, and we're going to talk. We're exactly four weeks from <laughs> franchise tag deadline day, yeah, um, which is really the next big point on the calendar mm-hmm. uh, for the Bengals offseason. The first, maybe, big point on the calendar for the Bengals offseason um, Duke Tobin talked last week to to Kelsey and Butch down in Mobile. Uh, I want to read what Duke said on the franchise tag decision with T. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be breaking any news today. Last year, T. Higgins under contract to us. He was a guy that we drafted for that reason to be a contributor for us. He's not under contract now, so we're going to have to work through how to do that and if it's possible, and we'll have to go through the gymnastics of that. So it's a different scenario than it was last year. Trading a high-level player that's under contract just because the future might demand it, that's never really on my mind. We'll see what happens this year. I want T. Higgins back. Everyone on our team would like to have T. Higgins back. Again, there's one pie, how big of a slice that takes, and what else we can't do because of it. We'll have to determine, and we'll see. It's pie season, Mo. And so (laughs) this is what always happens this time of year. Duke talks about pies. And people freak out because of it. I don't think anything has changed from what was said and written and kind of put down back at the beginning of the offseason when Joe Burrow said, I expect T back. And we all said, well, I think we should expect T back then. I still 
am 100% on board with that's where this thing ends. This is this is T. Higgins on a franchise tag. But you have to say that. And there are all of these other options open. We discussed them. We've talked about tags and trades. Lord knows we're all writing them. I'm working on it. I'm trying to go deeper than anyone possibly can on this. Wow. Coming out soon. I know. I'm not even happy about it. But it's, a, it, but it's there. The point being. I want to, there's one aspect as I've kind of dug further into this and we, we talk about in passing with T mm-hmm. and, and then it moves on and, and he plays and it's great is I want to ask you about his injury history. It's not Matt. We're not talking about burrow where he's missed seasons. Mm-hmm. It's just, there's always kind of been something right. Yeah. There's always a nagging this, a couple games that fighting through that. And do you have any concerns about injury history when weighing the T Higgins decision? It is interesting that we've all sort of ignored it, right? We, we've all sort of ignored the fact that T Higgins just didn't have a great year and, and injuries are the main reason why he certainly had some big moments. I mean, you go, go back to the Minnesota game, but it, it does feel like the part of the conversation that we've all just chosen to not really engage in. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it has to be a factor, right? Yeah. It has to be a factor. But I, I'm looking at this so short term that I guess for me, that's why it's not a huge factor. Mm-hmm. I've just, since a year ago or since six, seven, eight months ago, just sort of operated under the assumption that they're not going to get something done long-term. Yep. And so, all right, short-term, can they get T. Higgins back on the field for somewhere between 15 and 17 games? And if he's on the field between fifteen for 15 and 17, for, for something between 15 and 17 games, what is that going to look like? And I, I think I like, I, I think I, I, I like the prospects of, of, of what that's going to look like. I'm not being very articulate, but yeah, I, it is weird that it's we're just sort of ignoring the fact that T Higgins 2023 was marred uh significantly by injury and i think you have to at least consider that when you talk about the short term and not as many of us have done that as maybe we should yeah well and and here's the part of this that i'll point out so if you look his first four seasons he has never crossed 825 snaps in a season for the regular season mhm um, I went back and looked at his class, his draft class, um, of those, you know, that have been decent. I'm not like trying to give a hard time to dudes picked in the sixth round that never quite panned out, but right. you've got Justin Jefferson, CD lamb, Brandon, Ayuk, T Michael Pittman, Jerry, Judy, I'm through. And I threw Gabe Davis and Darnell Mooney in there since they racked up some yards. Um, Higgins and Judy are the only that can't say that Jefferson lamb Pittman all have done it three times. Um, he's seventh among, on that list of eight of snaps taken in four years amongst that group. Let's shift over to every wide receiver making 20 million or more average annual value over the last four seasons. How many 825 plus snap seasons have they had all of them have at least one t would be the only one with zero Hmm. um and you're talking guys where it's it's about availability i mean t has 2800 snaps and you have guys like Devontae adams with 3600 you're talking dk metcalf with 3500 you're talking terry mclaurin Four seasons, eight twenty-five plus. DJ Moore, four seasons, eight twenty-five plus. Thirty-nine hundred snaps. Okay, when it's always something, you get stuff like this. Now, to your point, short term. Okay, I don't, I don't have as bitch of a problem at all. But when you're talking about willing to go there long term, this is where the Bengals' hesitancy comes from. Like, I think that's part of it is, is are you able to count on that long-term for that number? Okay. When you're, when you get to that number, when you start talking about 25, 30, 23, 4 million, these are guys with 
no real availability concerns. And I would say Debo Samuel being the only one on that list that has any history of it. But the offside isn't mode. And I think to the point is if it's about one year, that dude has never missed a postseason game. <laughs> and he has balled his ass out in them for the most part. He has 31 receptions and 457 yards in seven postseason games. He had two touchdowns in the Super Bowl. He had a touchdown against Kansas City last year that was ridiculous that got them back into the game. That is what you want. That's what you pay for, right? Like the that's what the 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 history of a little up and down is part of it, but I think we get to the postseason and that's where your payoff is. Yeah, and and even in the year where he missed five games, uh, he still established a career high for yards per reception, mm-hmm. right? Uh, he's still, with the season hanging by a thread against Minnesota, made some insanely good plays. Uh, I mean, he was – and look, early in the season, he played very unevenly, right? That was one of the storylines. Boy, Joe doesn't look great. God, neither does T. What's going on? But, I mean, yeah, I – if if last year is as bad as it gets for T. Higgins, he's going to go on to have a remarkable career. Um, yes. And I, I I I would wonder. So he's played four NFL seasons. The first season was a sixteen game season. Since then, it's been a seventeen game season. I think in twenty one he missed two games. I think in twenty two he missed. But he he's had games where he's gotten hurt early. Yes, multiple right. times. Yeah, and then missed. Yeah. Now and again, it's nitpicky. But I'm trying to I, do I it in look, my head. Yeah. But yeah. I, when you look at the totality of what you will feel like you're paying for and the availability that you want, and to not have as much nerve, anybody can get hurt. Anybody can become that stupid injury prone tag. But when you start, when you're splitting hairs like we are with this decision, mm-hmm. and there's so much on the line with this decision, you know, I just think it's a part that we don't really talk about. And, and that I do think is at least worth more than a few hairs if we're split. So let's say that you were to decide, you know what? T's not worth $21 million because we're a little bit too concerned about his reasonably extensive injury history. Then what are you doing? Do you pivot toward another player that you already have? Because a lot of people have made this maybe almost irresponsibly so. They've made it about T versus Jonah. Mm-hmm. Doesn't Jonah Williams have a very significant injury history? Yeah. Right? Well, if yeah, you're not that... going to tag T, then maybe tag Jonah to play right tackle. I don't think that's – I mean, you, you were talking about the Q&A that uh, Jeff, and, Jeff and Kelsey did last week. Uh, Duke Tobin's last quote about uh, Jonah Williams was how proud they are of him. That, that to me, felt like a, a, a kiss-off. That's yeah, it's over. Like, that's over. But, <laughs> so, I mean, you know, okay, well, if if – if you're going to go, you know what, pivot away from paying T21, let's keep our right tackle here and then go find a wide receiver. Not that that's where most people are going to drive the conversation, but as we've explored what they could do maybe with the franchise tag, uh, well, Jonah Williams has a significant injury. Yeah. Or if you're thinking tag and trade T, okay, well, isn't then his injury history perhaps going to compromise what you're going to be able to maybe get for him in a deal? So weigh that, and then what's what sounds best to me? It's bringing back T. Higgins and hoping that he enjoys some degree of injury luck, both for him and the team as a whole. Let me let me tap into some history of maybe Duke Tobin's best recent decision, and one of the toughest, and one that most people listen to this are, were on the wrong side of if the receipts were pulled out. Carl Lawson versus Trey Hendrickson. Yeah. Okay. Now, this was Carl's your guy. You drafted him. You developed him. He's a beast. Okay. He has an injury history that makes you a little uncomfortable, right? There's some parts of his game that make you a little – he's going to get money. Like, he's a Mm -hmm. great player. Someone's going to pay him. Duke Tobin looked outside, saw Trey Hendrickson, basically paid him exactly what the Jets played, paid Carl Lawson, and we see what's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an – it's an unfair comparison to necessarily make, but um, because Carl can't, you know, help what happened to him, but that's right. part of it. Like part when of you it, yeah. when you when you don't think of that, you you wonder, is, 
is there something where don't make the same mistake, right? Don't, don't, or, or make the same proper decision here. Use the same thing. Don't be afraid to do what you did where you said, I hate to let our guy go, but that part of it makes me a little nervous and just shift. And you can end up with, we could be talking about the other side being Hendrickson, uh, some free agent receiver, or we could be talking about going to the draft, or we could talk about the fact that they did so good with mid tier and you could replace that with Hilton, Cheeto, Ogan, Joby, or whatever you you've Mm -hmm. seen happen. I just that one stuck out to me when you talked about what happened there and and how well that turned out for the Bengals. This is not me saying that's what's going to happen for T Higgins, but I'm saying at least you do know Duke has not been afraid to go away from his own guy when he's felt that's a part of it in the past. Yeah, I guess what I would want to know then is who's the wide receiver version of Trey Hendrickson. Yeah, <laughs> everybody's looking for that. Right. Uh, I maybe mean, he's in the draft. Yeah, quite possibly, but. Yeah, you know you, uh, you you already have them. <laughs> I mean, like I I I I make this, and I think we talked about this last week. The injury history is something you you cannot disregard. You have mm-hmm. to you have to factor it in. But man, I know what this looks like when I've got those three together. Indeed. I'm trying to win. The, I'm trying to win the championship next year. You know, I did this whole thing last week on my show where I I said let's pretend it's the day after the Super Bowl. The Bengals just won. And now we found out T's about to go, and they're going to get nothing more than a compensatory pick. How do we feel? Has it ruined the afterglow of winning the title? Like, I, I think it's worth going for it, man. And and I I know, as a fan, I look at it differently than a guy like Duke Tobin, who's paid to balance short term and long term. I get that, but I also think there are times and there are circumstances with which you could say we're going to throw a little ta- little caution to the win long term for the sake of going for it right now and to me the best representation of that is T plays for the Cincinnati Bengals in 2024 you pay him the 21 mil you ignore other trade overtures or you at least turn them down and then you just see how it plays out um i, I think if if we are talking week 1 if we can get through the first normal offseason slash training camp of Joe Burrow's career, and he's got Jamar and T to throw to, regardless of how everything else unfolds this offseason, we will look at that team as one of the few that can go and play for the whole thing a year from now. Um, that doesn't ignore injury history. It doesn't ignore possible trade uh, uh, possible trade offers you might get. It doesn't ignore what you could do with the $21 million. It doesn't ignore wide receiver options in the draft. It doesn't ignore wide receiver options they have internally. But to me, I want to win the championship in 2024. I want uh, Zach Taylor and Mike Brown to be hoisting the Lombardi Trophy in 52 and a half weeks. And what I think best gives me that chance, which is obviously not guaranteed no matter what you do, is Joe, Jamar, and T play together for at least one more year. Um, That trumps anything, anything. But it doesn't mean we ignore the fact that T Higgins, over the course of his career, has had a lot of nagging and even not so nagging issues. But I, I keep coming back to that. What puts the Bengals in the best position to win a title, to win the whole thing, to do the one thing that has eluded this franchise? And I, I, no matter how many different angles I look at this from, no matter how many different options there are for what to do with T and all that money, I keep coming back to those three being together, to me at least, represents their best chance of of winning a title in 52 and a half weeks. Could could not agree more. I th- I think that's I think that's where this ends. I think that's a I think by a wide margin that's where this ends uh realistically. And um, and even like, you know, we've you and I have talked about the parallels to the Jesse Bates situation. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to have had Jesse Bates on the team this year. It goes without saying, right? And you do wonder, in an alternate world, what does it look like if they bring him back or if they would have traded him prior to the 2022 season? But they went for it. Mm-hmm. They went for it that year. They viewed, I think, and I did too, their best chance of winning in 22 was we're going to play this season with Jesse Bates. We're going to go through some training camp and offseason drama. He's going to be motivated to play great. We're going to get a year out of him. And if we get the sort of Jesse Bates that, frankly, the Bengals didn't get in 2021, they're going to have a chance. And they came damn close and they didn't finish it. But you know what? They went for it Yeah, because they had a team and a player that was 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 deserving of going for it. 
I have no issue with how it unfolded. I wish it, it would have resulted in a championship. Sure, I wish Jesse Bates would have said, you know what, I'll take half the money that I got from Atlanta and I'll stay in Cincinnati. There, there's, But they went for it. And so the fact that they lost him and got nothing in return doesn't bother me because that was a team worth going for. This isn't a team coming off a 4-13 and year where you're trying to build the roster and trying to, to get to competitiveness. They're in a window within which they can win the whole thing. And that, to me... I I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to to kind of mortgage a little bit down the road. I'm willing to throw some caution to the wind down the road for the sake of getting that done. And I would have said I said the same thing about Jesse Bates in 2022, and I'll maintain the same thing about T Higgins in 2024. Yeah. I I I think that's the way um to view it and I and I think that's where this thing where this thing ends. Uh Mo, do you have any Super Bowl thoughts? Do you have any feelings or or if you like do you go into a deep locks of the night like bunker uh, for the Super Bowl to like really unleash those or uh, are you already formulated? Are you tinkering? What's your strategy there? Uh, I have a couple that I jumped on early. And then what I enjoy doing is on the Friday before the Super Bowl, I go out and I get a stack of pancakes <laughs> and I sit down by myself and I look at all the props and uh, make my wagers, jot them down, and and talk about them on the air. I am, however, consumed by a couple of different things that have nothing to do with my wagers. Number one is, who's going to get in trouble this week? <laughs> we already had, apparently, an NFL player got eaten by a coyote. Did you see that tweet? Do we know eaten? Was, was it eaten? I don't know. Bit, eaten, attempted, eat. I, I don't know. Um, Chased. Yeah, so it's Vegas. Every NFL player is there. Uh, much of the NFL media world is there. Who's going to make news for doing something stupid? Yeah. It's inevitable. And I think we should have a pool. Um, who's <laughs> going to do the wrong thing? And, you know, we can make it a player pool. We can make it a, a famous person pool. We can make it a, uh, a media pool. Who is going to be the person that we remember this Super Bowl for? So th that's number one. Number two. The increased momentum, which I don't think is ever going to result in anything, but I've been twice this week or over the last week and a half, I've gotten an email from a PR company that wants me to talk about a petition to get the Super Bowl moved to Saturday. Now, logistically, there's a lot of reasons why this isn't going to happen, but you always hear like the, well, here's how much productivity is lost the, the following day because of people watching the Super Bowl. Correct me if I'm wrong. The game kicks off at 630. Yes. It's over by 10, 1030. What are people doing on Super Bowl Sunday that they can't remotely function the next day? And if you are having a hard time functioning or if you think, you know what, Monday is going to be a little bit rough. Workplaces do offer vacation days. How about you use <laughs> one on the Friday of the NCAA tournament when it starts? I don't work that day. Why? Because I want to go out and watch basketball. Also, nobody's going to be listening to sports talk radio. I burn a vacation day, right? Why can't Americans just do that instead of this nonstop conversation about we've got to move the Super Bowl to Saturday, which the host cities do not want. So I am consumed by these two things more than anything else. <laughs> I I have been team moved to Saturday because I don't care what the host cities want. Right? I just like the idea of the game being right there in the middle of the week and not because I need a day to recover. Like, I don't really care about that. I just... It just feels like it more belongs on Saturday. And that's just that's just me. I get it. Like history, tradition, like the host cities want people there through the whole weekend, let it build. I'm with you. I'm with yeah, you. Like I, I get a, it. I just, I'm not opposed I don't like... to a I'm not opposed to a move, but the the reason you hear people cite is well, you know, the next Monday is tough. What are you yeah. doing on Super Bowl Sunday that makes Monday so hard when the game kicks off at six thirty? They're getting wildly drunk, Mo. Fine. Awesome. Great. Take a vacation day. <laughs> but people don't want to use like you. If I told you any decision that you could make as a leader of anything would involve would end in millions of people saving a single vacation day, you would be lauded as a hero. Yeah. And that is a decision you could make by moving the Super Bowl, and no one has to take that vacation. Well, it's not just move the Super Bowl. It's make the Monday after the Super Bowl a national holiday. So great. Now school's going to be closed. Awesome. Got to figure out who's going to watch my no, kid. That's actually a terrible thing to do. 
Right. So th- there's a lot of momentum. Like, in fact, I think that's the one posi- petition I was asked to talk about on the air. Let's get this thing signed so we can have the Monday after the Super Bowl be an ad- w- Where does it end? Like, legitimately, like, w- where, where, where is it going to end? Hey, you know what? The Monday after the Grammys, we're going to make that a holiday, too. People stayed up watching the Grammys. Okay, what's next? Well, you know, the Tuesday after the college football playoff national title game, we have to make that one. That's got to be, like, how, how about this? Like, balance fun with your responsibilities and be an adult about this. I also want to know, like, what are these workplaces like where they're like, you know, especially you hear this all the time during the NCAA tournament, workplaces are going to lose trillions of dollars in productivity because people are talking about the tournament. What? What are these conversations like that are costing companies trillions of dollars in productivity? I and, read about this every year. And I've mostly heard about how no one's in these office spaces anyway. Correct. Like, I think guess, one you of the, know how much productivity you're losing because I just lay on my couch instead? That's yeah. really the problem, more I so think, than any conversation happening at an office. Right. More people working remotely, I think, has probably killed the office pool, which is a reason to kind of get people back in the workplace. Yeah. If but anyway, everyone. Yeah. Who, who's your guess as to who gets in trouble this week? I, you know, it's going to happen. It's it's going to happen. You know, who's it going to be? Who do I want it to be? I want it. What I want it to be is the most unexpected. Uh, so for me personally, give me Montana. Give me yes. Joe Montana. Right. And something uh, scandalous, something yeah, really disgusting. scandalous, like yes. something with a hooker and a coyote out in the desert. Yeah. Yeah. Something that removes Montana him. and rice together. Yes. Yes. Out in the desert doing something really questionable. Something that removes them from the public consciousness forever. <laughs> something that just shames them. To the point that ESPN can't show Super Bowl 23 highlights anymore for fear of being sued uh, by, you know, Coyote PETA. Yeah, I am entirely for this. I want... <laughs> Future generations to talk about Super Bowl 23 is like, yeah, the 49ers won, but man, Oof. what about 34 years later? Do you know what happened? Did yeah. you hear about Montana and Rice and the Coyote? Yeah. <laughs> Tall girl. <laughs> Some it's it's going to happen. And I can't I cannot wait. It's probably gonna happen like on Friday or Saturday. Yeah. And we're all gonna wake up either Saturday or Sunday morning, look at our phones, and something you know, I, I hope nothing tragic. I, yes. I, I don't want tragedy. We want I them want... to live, but just their reputations yes, be completely trouble. marred. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I want something that allows the rest of us to point and laugh. It's going to happen. Yeah. I cannot wait to find out who it happens to. And I have so much respect for Montana and Rice. It's why I said them as like maybe the two squeaky cleanest stars that the league has ever had. Uh, oh, so that's that's what you yeah. read for. No, I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I, that's, that, would be, that would be number one for me. Okay. <laughs> or 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 like a media member. Like I just that's that's always one that you I mean you gotta you gotta be like a skip bayless, right? I mean that's gotta be what you want. Well, yeah. We'll we'll just we'll go with that. I don't want to point anybody out, but but yes, somebody well, something, something I mean somebody who like everybody's like, Can you stop being such a jerk all the time? Yeah. Somebody you know, who, I feel like you want to see some come up. I want somebody who's like normally holier than thou that mm. ends up just getting in loads of trouble. Well, I want that in the worst. Way. All right. So you have some personal wagers placed on this, I assume somewhere. I might, I might, I might start a, a pool, you know, <laughs> right. like, so that's a good office pool. Celebrity trouble go. pool. Who gets in trouble? <laughs> I don't Love know it. if you can make, make it a squares game. I have no idea. Yes. <laughs> on the Montana rice square. That's going to be a good one right there. Uh, <laughs> all right, Mo, appreciate it. Uh, I will talk to you this afternoon on ESPN 1530. Looking forward to it. Can't wait. Thank you. All right. See you. There's Mo Egger, ESPN fifteen thirty, as we uh, plot the demise of Joe Montana and Jerry Rice. <laughs> apparently, I kind of hope you hear from their lawyers after yeah. that. Yeah, again, hands up, pretty squeaky clean, pretty pretty squeaky clean on those two. So I'm not I'm not trying to say anything, but if that's where we're going, that's what I'm sure. Ben what if it's saying. Joe Montana and Rashi oh. Rice? <laughs> yeah, so close. Yes, yeah. yeah. Then you're going to be like, I, I, that's what I said. I was right. <laughs> I was right. Uh, so we've got we've got that going. Super Bowl is this weekend. Let's let's do it, Dave. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the Super Bowl. Um, is there anything 
have you taken anything away from the fact that uh, these two teams have arrived at this moment? Some of the discourse about this game in terms of uh, the league and the way it, the way it's operating at Bengals. Is there a Bengals lesson here when you look at these two teams in your mind? I think more so with Kansas City, only because they've done a really good job of just continuing to kind of subtly reinvent themselves. Like, I think, you know, it gets so centered on Mahomes and Kelsey, and it, it should. They're Hall of Famers. They're studs. But when you think about that defense and how they've kind of quietly put together a, a unit that was more their weakness in previous years, and now all of a sudden they've got this secondary of guys that aren't household names, but they're just absolute studs. I think I think that's what the Bengals look to do. And I think that's what they've been trying to do is be that one step ahead and kind of morph into what you need. And they've done it well in season. We've seen it a couple times where they've kind of changed their offensive philosophy as it's needed and it's worked. Um, but I think that that team just becomes such a blueprint for everybody else because that's what they do. Now, I think you have to have that stud quarterback to be able to be that team. You, you can't do that with Trevor Simeon running the show and just move pieces around and make it work. But I, I'm not a Chiefs fan as a football fan, but I have mm-hmm. to admire the way that operation works. And I we talked about it. You and I both were like down the stretch, didn't think the Chiefs really stood a chance to be that team that gets in. It was the team we thought the Bengals could beat down the street, you know. So mm-hmm. more so than the Niners who just seem to have just put lots of all-stars in different spots and kudos to them for that. But it feels like, you know, that you're going to have to pay the piper at some point with that team. And then you're going to have to pick and choose who's sticking around, things like that. So that's kind of where I stand. If you, if you're trying to compare it to the Bengals is if you're going to emulate a team, I think it's the adaptability and the nimble nature of the chiefs and how they just make it work. No question. And, you know, not to tie it back into the last conversation we have, but I guess all things point back to T. Higgins, but not being afraid to let your star receiver go and build around yeah. a young defense. Use yeah. some of those assets to take care of the rest. They did that with Tyreek Hill. And what yeah. what has happened? They, they won the bowl, and they're back in the bowl the two years after they made that trade. Yeah. And, 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 and I, it's not apples to apples like there there's a difference there but again it's not it's not the end of the world and when you do have assets like that and you have to pay the quarterback sometimes you have to do things that are uncomfortable to to build around something different and be young and be willing to be young and that's another part of the Bengals thing is they have been willing to be young on defense and we'll see if that defense of the Bengals becomes what the young defense of the Chiefs did there's still a long way to go but i mean the ability to take what you have add assets you know you end up with extra first round extra end up with guys like trent mcduffie and george Karloftis and brian cook Mm -hmm. in that draft and and what are we talking about we're talking about premium position core of that that you you spend you you have you you drafted in 2020 legerious sneed and developed him and it's like you cleared the deck for him to do that and yeah. so it, all of that stuff is is part of it. Uh, but again, not the end of the world if you do end up moving on from somebody who has been a beloved game-changing star as long as you still have the quarterback. Again, not me advocating, but just pointing out when we look, look at who's yeah. there. Look look what it looks like. you know. And I think the Chiefs, because of Mahomes, will, will always be the closest things to a Bengals comp. You're building around the paid franchise quarterback. You have to continue to reinvent the rest of it. Um, It's not going to be the same. You're not going to always win the same way. Well, you'll eventually win the same way. It'll eventually come down to your <laughs> right. dude needing to make a drive, but yeah. uh, you know, it, 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 you can change the, the way the rest of it looks. Uh, do you have a prediction? I know you have a prediction because I've seen it in our predictions file. Uh, yeah, I, I was proud to say I was the first one to do that. Congratulations. Only because I didn't have anything to do with that moment, and I yeah. saw the thing come up. <laughs> I went I went 27-21 Chiefs for the reasons I just said. I, I, I think that defense is really good, and I think two weeks of Steve Spagnuolo getting to figure out Brock Purdy. When we've seen Brock Purdy fail, it's because the defense is a step ahead of him. He's very 
tuned in on time timing routes and guys being in the right place at the right time. The teams that have beaten him, including the Bengals, kind of beat the receiver to those points, to those spots where they're going to catch the ball. So I just think two weeks of preparing with Steve Spagnuolo and that defense is going to be the difference. And obviously Mahomes gives them an edge to get the points they need to win. So yeah. I'm going 27-21. I, I feel like a fool. Because, well, more than normal. Because <laughs> I have just, I have done the foolish thing, and I have bet against Patrick Mahomes. There's just no way it can continue. You know, <laughs> from that point where we saw with that offense, I mean, studied the crap out of what was going on with them when the Bengals were going there in Week 17, and you saw the air. You saw what they were missing. And what they have done to recalibrate, I, I think, is remarkable and deserves all the praise that it's getting mm-hmm. right now. I still feel like those cracks exist. Yeah. In, a, in it, when the when the margin for air gets thinner, and I thought Baltimore lost that game more than Kansas City. I won. agree with that. And I thought that the Kansas City shortcomings on offense started to crack a little bit once they got through those first couple of drives. Mm-hmm. And Baltimore's defense, granted, a great defense, you know, number one in the league, but San Francisco can be on that level. They haven't been. And meanwhile, you look at San Francisco and you're like, yeah, but those dudes have been toast twice now yeah, and found a way. I'm going to bank. I, I'm banking on the cracks of that Chiefs offense being just enough to open the door for San Francisco to kind of utilize that resiliency that we've seen from them in the playoffs where they've kind of been the found a way team. I guess they both have been a found away team, but I just I feel like that will open the door for them to pull it off. And I I I I don't know why. Like going <laughs> against Mahomes in this game is stupid, but I, I just I just I feel like San Francisco has been them in Baltimore have been the best teams in football all year long. I feel like Baltimore choked it away themselves. And I'm I, I don't think the Niners are going to, even though their defense has obviously not been what they hoped it would be in the playoffs and and they've been on the ropes twice. I just I think those cracks will exist just enough for Kyle Shanahan and that explosive San Francisco offense to exploit them. I, I had 24-20, but I mean I just think it's um it's it's one of those that I, I'm just gonna die on this hill. I'm yeah. just gonna die on it. I felt like that was gonna happen at some point until the last breath where they blow the whistle and and the confetti's fall and I'm going to say I think it's I think the cracks are going to show. <laughs> I'm going to stick with but it. But I think if you look at the just the talent on each team and you you just take quarterback out, which obviously that's the biggest position. And you know, Purdy's been great. I'm I'm not trying to get into that debate over how good or bad Brock Purdy is. But if you go man for man, San Francisco's getting the checks on most of the positions. Like they're loaded. They're just yeah. absolutely loaded. But I think it's funny because when I was looking at that list that we're putting together, you're one of the very few who picked San Francisco. Almost everybody's yeah. picking Kansas City, and I think it is that Mahomes factor. I think everybody just feels they don't want egg on their face for saying Mahomes won't win another one. I know I picked the Eagles last year when we did that exercise, and there were the Chiefs winning it. So I don't know. I, I It's a hard one to pick. If you're picking without a point spread, it's a total toss-up, if you ask me. But um I, you know, I I have no problem with your rationale on Niners being the team. There is no one looks stupid if you pick the Chiefs or the Niners to win. I mean, they're good too. <laughs> yeah. It's the Super Bowl, first of yeah. all. Crazy look, shit happens. You here look all dumb time. if you pick the Jets. Yeah, because <laughs> they're not in the game, and they're it's bad. the only way you could look <laughs> stupid right now. If you're like, I don't know, I heard Rogers was coming back. <laughs> uh, so that's my uh, that's my Super Bowl prediction. Uh, there and I have I have no thoughts on like Taylor Swift cutaways. Although we did get multiple Taylor Swift questions to the commissioner on Monday at his yearly press conference, which I love that that's where it has gone uh, yeah. with things. But you know what? So be it. It's her world. Everyone's being touched by it. That's all. Yeah. Well, because of the psyops. I say that joking <laughs> for people. That Jesus, <laughs> come on now. Uh, <laughs> uh I do have uh I do I do have two things um for our our RB segment. Uh I want to drop uh an RIP to Carl Weathers. Um when when Carl Weathers passed away this weekend, I I you know 
you were the first to point it out. And I had many people reach out to me afterwards because the history of when Jim Ozarski and I did the Bengals beat podcast together, there was a very unfortunate episode where I didn't know if Carl Weathers was still with us or not. And it was questioned. And then I was accused uh, of being wildly disrespectful to Carl Weathers. And it was a running gag for a while that I had screwed that up. And um, we have, he was eventually doing media on Super Bowl week uh, for, he was hosting maybe NFL honors or something. And, he was doing a publicity tour. We tried to get him on and he, he did not, he did not come on our podcast. <laughs> uh, and uh, from that point forward, so so many of you remembered that. So shout out to the, to the, uh, the true ones, the real ones that have been around forever that um, when unfortunately Carl Weathers passed, you were quick to point out to me how much I should feel responsible for this. Um, <laughs> and I do as a, as a huge, you guys know, you've listened to this, how big of a fan of Rocky I am, how big a fan of Carl Weathers I am. And, and happy Gilmore. I'm I'm just a massive fan. So it's a it's sad like everybody is for everybody else. But um yeah, I do feel responsible for that. And uh and it's gonna continue to weigh on my conscience. So thanks to everybody for reminding me of that. It's By the way, my in my opinion, the finest work of Carl Weathers was his work on arrested development. Not sure yeah. if you're a fan, but always looking for money from Tobias Bluth yes. and, and yes. And pimping uh, Burger King every chance he got was absolutely hilarious. So. Well, did you see the great story about the background about how that became a character? Was That was Carl Weathers' idea was that they were talking about – they asked him to be on the show. And he's like, yeah, but you're not going to have me do a bunch of dumb, like, old Rocky jokes and this, that, and the other. And they were kind of like, uh, well, I don't know. And he was like, well, I don't know. what I'm a real act, like I'm a real comedy actor. I'm funny. Like, I can do whatever. How about I'm really cheap or something? And yeah. that was his idea – for him to be insanely cheap. And yeah. that's kind of where that all, which I, which makes it even, even well, the, the legend Burger, grows. The Burger King plug was just a meta thing too, of like all the ways they were trying to keep the show afloat. And part of that was putting uh, ad sponsorships in the show. So he would talk about how you can go get a free refill here at Burger King. It's a wonderful restaurant. So uh, absolutely hilarious. So. Yeah. It's great stuff. So uh, rest in peace, Carl Weathers legend, absolute legend. Um, the other thing I have, Dave, um, and do you have one before first I before I move I on don't. to a second? Okay. I, I had so this is I hate to admit this because it means that I'm in a bad place. Okay. <laughs> I had a Bengals dream oh. this past week. <laughs> and it's not that there was a dream. Like that's you know, whatever your life is, your work is, often it will show up in weird ways <laughs> in your subconscious. I had a dream where the sole storyline was the Bengals picked a kicker in the first round, and I had to ask every <laughs> member of the organization about it. Like, I was, I had to go and, like, basically run down the hallways <laughs> of Paycor Stadium to find whoever I could find that was responsible for this and be like, I need you to explain why you picked a kicker. And they would just look at me and, like, be like, ah, like it was someone else's fault or everyone was blaming everyone. And I'm like, I can't believe at 11 o'clock on draft night, I have to find out how to get to the bottom of the dumbest decision they've ever made. And it was like, and someone asked me, I think I, I who day UK said something, somehow we were in a conversation about it. Like, said, so did you, uh, you know, did you end up, uh, what did Mike say? Well, I don't I'm pretty sure I woke up uh before I got to Mike. I think I think it was like the startled look in Duke's face when I was asking him that question just woke me up. It just it just busted me out. And I remember thinking like I cannot believe I just had a dream not only about the Bengals draft mm. but about them potentially taking a kicker in the first round. So I'm going to say I'm going to be a touch on pins and needles in round 1 this year. <laughs> And let's just hope that we're not revisiting this conversation at any point. Well, I mean, at least you'll be prepared if it happens because you've had kind of a dry run of the shock of a kicker being taken. Yeah, I'll be ready. So, yeah, I'll be ready. In fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna file my first draft on that now just to have it in the bank. <laughs> and so poor, we're Evan, ready. poor Evan McPherson, he just hasn't done enough. Well, that was the second. That was my follow up <laughs> to everyone. Be like, what's wrong? What did Evan do? Like, well, is this that we really taking that chance? Got a contract uh, coming up, and it's just just it. They're intimidated by the, the Evan you just McPherson said. Extension. You just said with the Chiefs, move on from the star, and just get a young guy. <laughs> you might have just given somebody that. You might have just Jerry Jones drugstore list somebody at oh. the Bengals who's like, well, if we don't pay Evan McPherson, we get a good kicker in the first round. We're all set. <laughs> kicker on a rookie contract, you can win some titles with that. 
Look at you tying the bow in the app. Yeah. Look at you go. Look at you go. That's a beautiful thing right there. Shout out to the drugstore list for making a second appearance. Uh, yes. All right. Uh, thanks, everybody, for uh, listening. We'll be back next week. We'll talk a little bit about what went down in the Super Bowl. And then we'll only be three weeks away hmm? from the Bengals franchise tag <laughs> deadline. It's so much closer. We're almost we're almost getting there. Now we'll have plenty more to continue to dive into. So keep an eye out for all that stuff. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Have a good one, everybody.